Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.podomatic.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to episode 124 of Luke's English Podcast. This is Luke speaking, and I'm just sitting here in the living room. The weather outside is absolutely appalling. Um, it's kind of... It has been snowing for, say, the last five days or so, and there's been snow everywhere. But now the, the temperature has dropped. Uh, the, the temperature has uh, risen, I think, by a couple of degrees. So what we've got is kind of like the leftovers of snow, and it's half melted, so it's kind of become slush now. So it's kind of like half snow, half water. It's when snow goes bad or when snow goes wrong, it becomes slush. So there's slush all over the streets. People are sort of wading through it. It's, it's melting, and there's lots of water going down the gutters of all the streets and everything. Uh, it really is a slippery nightmare outside. Um, and it's even raining slush as well, because it, it was snowing earlier on. But now the snow is kind of melting in the air and it's falling as kind of slush rain. It, it really is horrible. So you might hear the sounds of... Uh, drops of this slush rain falling on the on the roof here if you can hear a kind of percussive tapping sound that's because there is some kind of rain hitting the roof above my head um, now this episode um, first of all I'd like to just um, say on this uh, in this episode that um, I'd like to just apologize for the sound recording on the previous one uh, I've just received an email uh, the sound recording on the previous episode um, of this was pretty poor um, and uh, that's because I was having some sort of um, recording technical issues. Um, my, my, I've, I'm using. I was. I've got two microphones. One is a kind of a Yeti standing microphone, which um, is a bit like a sort of radio mic, something like that. Um, and it's it's quite good quality. Uh, but you have to get the, the settings just right. So, for example, the input volume, the level of recording uh, on the computer, and also uh, the position of the microphone. Uh, because it's one thing having a very high-quality mic, but on the other hand, also you've got to take into account the environmental surroundings, the, the acoustics of the area in which you're recording. Now, if you listen to the radio or the BBC or something like that, they actually have sound-protected studios in which they do their recordings, and they have kind of quite small rooms with um, sort of padded walls and ceilings. And the idea there is that they can sort of limit the amount of echo or reverberation that's happening around the microphone. And so all of the sound just gets sort of captured quite cleanly by the microphone. Now, if you're recording in just a normal room, maybe with a hard floor, hard walls, that kind of thing, uh, then you're likely to get quite a lot of ambient noise around the microphone. Add that to the... Uh, add to that... Um, things that are in that space making noise, then basically you're, you're going to sort of draw 
away uh, from the voice that is being recorded. So in the case of the last episode, I had my laptop on the coffee table and the microphone sitting next to it. Um, so the sound of the hard drive of the laptop was kind of bleeding into the, the recording of my voice. And also, I tried to sort of block out the laptop using a pillow, but I think what that did is just sort of block out some of the, um, the what was being picked up by the microphone, and maybe some vibration was coming through the table. Anyway, whatever it was, it wasn't, it wasn't very good. Um, so hopefully this one is slightly better. I'm recording it on a different microphone, uh, so hopefully it'll be slightly better. So that's what I wanted to say first, just to make a note about the sound re recording level and the, the sound quality of the latest episode and also to let you know that well tonight it's it's Monday the 21st and the voting for the Macmillan best blog competition closes at midnight tonight um, and uh, I, I don't as I said in the last one I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch but uh, at the moment I've got more votes than than the others so it looks like I might it be in a being with a chance of winning. I hope so. Fingers crossed. Now, if I do win that, then I'll, I'll obviously be able to say on my site that I won it, and I'll, I'll post a badge there uh, which shows that. And also, um, I'll get £100 of Amazon gift vouchers. And uh, what I plan to do with that is uh, sort of upgrade my sound recording technology a little bit by buying a new microphone, uh, another handheld mic, which I hope will be much better quality and will allow me to sort of produce, you know, consistently good quality sounding podcasts for your listening pleasure. Um, okay, so as well as saying those other things, I also just wanted to mention that um, recently I wrote a, a blog article for the London School of English. Now, I write for their blog sometimes. Um, I sort of guest contribute articles every now and then. It's a really good blog, actually, and you should definitely check it out. Uh, that's the London School of English blog. You'll find um, a link to it um, on the webpage here at uh, teacherluke.podomatic.com. Um, it's a really good blog. It's written by uh, people I know, friends of mine, uh, and they write about all kinds of different things. And um, so you can read the, the article that they've written, and underneath you will find a glossary which explains and defines certain words or bits of useful vocab that you can read in the article. So I do suggest you go and read it regularly. Um, I wrote an article for them not long ago all about James Bond. So uh, what I'm going to do for you in this episode is just read through this article about James Bond um, and you will be able to read the article on my website because I'll reproduce the blog post there and also you can see uh, the vocab and definitions below and you, you, there's loads and loads of really good vocabulary that relates to things like movie um, vocab, um, related, things relating to sort of movie franchises, um, the, the issues that surround um, the making uh, and consumption of big blockbuster films and the way they're made and the people who, who star in them, that kind of thing. So loads and loads of vocab. Um, so I think I'll just read through the blog post now. Um, now I wrote, first of all, I wrote this article um, in response to the release of the latest James Bond film, which is called Skyfall. Um, you might have seen it yourself. It's a very, very successful film and it kind of really successfully revitalised the James Bond franchise. Uh, Daniel Craig, of course, was the, um, 
was the James Bond actor this time again. Um, he's generally quite a uh, sort of quite a positive um, uh, actor, and lots of people seem to like him. And he does a very good job; it's very convincing. Uh, you'll be able to hear more about uh, Daniel Craig in this blog post. In fact, uh, really, I'm going to give you a kind of a history of, of the last 50 years of James Bond. So, after listening to this, you'll be fully clued up on all matters James Bond. Um, so. If you, um, if you watched Skyfall or if you've seen any other James Bond films, then do leave your comments on this, uh, this podcast episode. I'd like to know what you think. And if you don't know anything about James Bond, you've never seen any of his films, well, well, his films, as if sort of he's the one who makes them. Well, if you've never seen any James Bond films and you don't know anything about it, then, well, you can certainly learn a few things uh, by listening to this episode. So I could do more episodes, more uh, podcasts about James Bond because it's kind of a big topic and something that I sort of personally find quite interesting. Um, but for now, I'm just going to give you the 50-year the, the history of James Bond. And so the reading of the blog article is going to start now if you're, um, if you're reading along while listening to this. So here we go. 50 years of James Bond. This year, the James Bond franchise celebrates its 50-year anniversary with the release of the new Bond movie, Skyfall, which is receiving some very positive reviews. Some people are calling it the best Bond movie ever, and it's likely to become the highest-earning film of the franchise so far. In this blog post, I'm going to give a brief overview of the history of the franchise and then tell you what I thought about Skyfall. You can find definitions of the words in bold at the bottom of this post. First, some background in, uh, info on the James Bond films, released by Eon Productions. The series kicked off in 1962 with Sean Connery as 007 in Doctor No. This was followed by four other films with Connery as Bond. These first five films really established all the hallmarks of the James Bond franchise. A cool and handsome Bond, sudden violence, studying, stunning international locations, beautiful women, casual sexism, ironic jokes, usually made by Bond just after killing someone, gadgets, side characters such as M, Q and Miss Moneypenny, insane bad guys who want to destroy the world, and other trademarks such as Bond's Aston Martin sports car and his Walther PPK handgun. Sean Connery is still widely considered to be the best Bond. It was his combination of good looks, self-confidence and aggression that really defined how we see Bond today. In 1969, after Connery quit, the role of Bond went to a largely unknown actor called George Lazenby in the film On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Lazenby didn't enjoy playing Bond, complaining that the producers hadn't treated him with enough respect as an actor and that the character was a brute. The film is widely regarded as a flop, uh, with Lazenby an unconvincing Bond. Personally, I like the film. It's full of amazing action sequences and has quite an emotional ending, unlike most of the other Bond films. Lazenby's Bond is more vulnerable and human than Connery's, which makes him a more realistic and three-dimensional character. Connery was persuaded to return as Bond for Diamonds Are Forever in 1971. In contrast to the previous film, this one was more humorous in tone. In fact, during the 70s, the films became less serious 
and prone to moments of silliness and generally quite formulaic. Then in 1973, Roger Moore took over as James Bond and the silliness continued. Moore's acting style was more suited to comedy than action and many of Moore's films contain moments of camp humour which many critics believe lessened the seriousness and dramatic impact of the franchise. Still, Roger Moore is an entertaining James Bond and even if he was less aggressive and dynamic than Connery and Lazenby, he's still a convincing actor. Roger Moore made seven Bond films and the last one, A View to a Kill, was considered to be a financial failure. Moore was too old to continue as Bond. The producers decided it was time to find a new actor for the role. Initially, the job was offered to Pierce Brosnan, but then withdrawn because of his contractual commitments to a popular TV show called Remington Steel. But Brosnan would return later. It was Timothy Dalton who got the role in the end, playing Bond in two films from 1987 to 1989. Dalton was a classically trained actor and decided he, was, he would play Bond as a dark, serious character. In a similar way to George Lazenby, he interpreted Bond as a more vulnerable character who questions his orders from his boss, M. Critics praised his two performances as bringing more weight to the films, but they also criticised the lack of humour and playfulness which had become an essential part of the franchise. In 1995, after six years without Bond, the film Goldeneye was released, with Pierce Brosnan in the lead role. It was a big box office success, and was generally considered to be a modernisation of the series. Pierce Brosnan was praised for his performance as Bond. He seemed to combine aspects of both Sean Connery and Roger Moore. He had the looks, the charisma and the aggressive brutality of Connery, but also the suave sophistication and humorous touch of Roger Moore. He also managed to include some of the depth and psychological realism of the Dalton performances. The film also included Judi Dench in the role of M, Bond's boss. This was considered to be a positive move because it addressed some of the sexism of the previous films in the franchise. In one scene, M refers to Bond as a sexist, misogynist dinosaur. Also, Judi Dench is just a great actress and she brought a new level of depth to the character of M. She remains a key character in the more recent Bond films, especially Skyfall. Bosnan made five Bond films in total. They were all commercial successes, but critical reactions were mixed. Goldeneye breathed new life into the Bond franchise, but the subsequent Bo uh, Brosnan Bond films quickly became formulaic and unoriginal, focusing on action rather than character and story. Then in 2006 we were introduced to a new Bond, played by Daniel Craig. Casino Royale rebooted the Bond franchise, starting the whole storyline again from scratch. We see Bond doing his first assassination mission, earning his license to kill, and struggling with the psychological and physical pressure of being 007. The film was a massive commercial success, and was considered by critics to be a genuinely fresh version of Bond. Daniel Craig was considered the best Bond since Connery, perhaps even better than him. Casting Craig was a bold move. He didn't really look like the classic image of Bond. He's blonde and doesn't have the same classically handsome features as Connery, Moore or Brosnan. 
However, he has intensity, a sense of vulnerability, and very striking physical presence. Casino Royale showed us more than ever that James Bond is a human being. He gets hurt both physically and emotionally. We care about him and feel his pain. Uh, Daniel Craig's second James Bond film, The Quantum of Solace, is a bit of a confusing mess. The storyline is very hard to follow. The action sequences are bewildering. There is very little character development and the whole film is littered with product placement. The film damaged a lot of the achievements of Casino Royale, so with the third film, Skyfall, the producers were keen to fix those problems and put the Bond franchise back on track. The result is that the latest Bond film is a big success. It's already being described as possibly the best Bond film we've ever had, and it's likely to make more money than any other Bond film movie in the past. Most of the boxes are ticks. The film has a complex, serious storyline, yet it's also a lot of fun. There are plenty of, there's plenty of exciting action. The bad guy, played by Javier Bardem, is ridiculous, insane and funny. The story is involving. The character development is detailed and interesting. The film pays homage to previous Bond films and even reveals some new details about Bond's history. It's not perfect, of course. While watching it, I couldn't, I, I couldn't help thinking, this is completely ridiculous. But then I realised that it was a James Bond film, and it's supposed to be ridiculous. And then I started to enjoy it a lot more. Certainly in Skyfall, Bond has become something of a superhero, although he gets hurt and is clearly getting a bit old for the job. He still manages to do things which are completely impossible in the real world. But that's alright, because this is James Bond. Daniel Craig is still contracted to appear in two more Bond films, and to be honest, after this one, I can't imagine where they will go next with the franchise. Isn't Daniel Craig getting a bit old to play Bond now? And how will they move the franchise forward when Bond has already been deconstructed in these modern films? How can they do anything new? Will they just remake Doctor No or Goldfinger? Will the Bond films just go back to being silly and misogynistic? I'm already looking forward to seeing the next film, just in order to find out what they do next. If you've seen Skyfall, leave a comment below to tell us what you thought. Otherwise, why don't you tell us what you think of James Bond in general? Feel free to share your thoughts below, and thanks for reading this uh, blog post. Bye for now, Luke. So there you go, that's the, the blog uh, post, and you can read it, along with all of the definitions of a lot of the language that you heard in that blog post by going to teacherluke.podomatic.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, so I think staying on the James Bond theme, I think I'm going to play you a bit of audio now. And it, this comes from a, um, a really good BBC TV show, which is called The Trip. And the, in summary, The Trip is about uh, a, a comedian, an actor called uh, um, Steve Coogan, um, and uh, he's basically been given a job um, to uh, go and visit various restaurants in the north of England and write reviews for them, uh, which will become articles in a newspaper. Okay, so he's been given a job to kind of visit restaurants, go on a kind of road trip around the north of England, and write reviews. And he's chosen to uh, bring along with him one of his um, friends, uh, who is also a comedian and an actor, and his name is Rob Brydon. And so Rob and Steve go on this road trip, and basically, because they're both really funny guys, they're just really hilarious, and it's interesting to sort of listen to them talking. Uh, and also, they're, they're such good comedians, and they're very good impressionists, and they do lots of impressions and funny voices. So basically, the show is about following them on their road trip, you listen to their amusing conversations, and you kind of watch them eating all of this fancy food in these lovely restaurants. Uh, but mainly, it's just about sort of funny conversations that they have with each other, and the various impressions of different actors and things that you, you, you can hear them doing. So in this one, I'm going to play you a clip from, from the trip. And in this one, Steve and Rob are eating some, some dinner, and they're talking about James Bond and the different acting styles of the different people who've played James Bond. And also some of the things, typical things that bad guys uh, would say in a James Bond movie. So uh, why don't you listen now to Steve, uh, um, Steve Coogan and Rob Bryden talking about James Bond in the BBC TV programme, The Trip. 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 Drinking the wine makes me feel quite sophisticated, a bit like, you know, James Bond ordering a martini. I'd like, uh, like a martini shaken, not stirred. I want it now. Don't make me wait. I'll have a vodka martini shaken, but not stirred. I'll have a vodka martini shaken, not stirred. I'll have a vodka. I'll have a vodka. You look very worried. Uh, so do you. No. You should take a look at your face. I'll have a vodka martini shake, not stand. You look like you're recovering from a stroke and learning how to get mobility again. I'd, uh, I'd like a vodka martini shake, but not stand. I can feel my legs. It's a miracle. I'd like a vodka martini shaken, but not stand. I'd like a vodka martini shaken, not stand. Tam Tam, Mr. Bond. You derive just as much pleasure from killing as I do. I'm coming, Mr. Barton. Do you get dressed about pleasure and kidding as I do? I'm saying that bit. All right, no, when you say it, just don't a caricature, try and do it real. Come on, Mr. Barton. Shut up, don't tell me how to act. Uh, well, I bloody should do. Why? Because sometimes you tend to sort of, you know, crank it up a bit. You yeah, know. Turn the you are widely regarded as the king of understatement. All right, I would do it like this. Come, come, Mr. Barton. Do you get dressed as much as. Come, come, Mr. Try and get the lines right. All right. right. As, as a rule, it's okay. more effective if you, okay. if you don't okay. fluff the line. Okay, but I'll deliver it with a nice bit of understatement. Come, come, Mr. Bond, you get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. That was the all right, worst. Okay, all right, okay, all right, this is it, this is it. Come, come, Mr. Bond, you get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. Come, come, Mr. Bond, you get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. Fucking yeah. No, you went up at the end, like you, yes. like you watch Australian films. You see what films. it did on my face? Come, come, Mr. Bond, you get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. Come, come, Mr. Bond, 
You derive just as much pleasure from killing as I do. When I kill, I kill for queen and country. Though I admit, killing you... Come, come, Mr. Bond. You derive just as much... Sorry. You derive just as much pleasure from killing as I Okay, so you've just listened to uh, Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon talking about James Bond and being sort of funny and everything. Now, you might not have understood everything there, so what I'm going to do, because I'm just, you know, really generous and just helpful in general, I'm, I'm going to actually help you out by t- taking you through that clip again and explaining bit by bit what they're saying. Now, because I'm recording this on my sort of handheld microphone, it's hard for me to do this in the computer by editing it. So what I've done is I've just moved the speaker in front of me. So I'll play a bit of the audio and you'll be able to hear it through the speaker. So this isn't sort of editing really. This is more just me playing it and you can hear it in the speaker. Um, so this, you know, the quality of what you're going to hear uh, from the from the clip is might might not be great, but you can go back and listen to it again if you want to hear the original version. So, first of all, they're sitting at a at a table in a restaurant and they're drinking some wine. Um, and first of all, they start talking about the wine. And Rob says, "Let's see, what does Rob say?" Here we go. Drinking the wine makes me feel quite sophisticated. Uh, drinking the wine makes me feel quite sort of sophisticated. Drinking the wi- drinking the wine makes me feel quite sort of sophisticated. Drinking the wine makes me feel quite sophisticated, but like you know, James Bond ordering a martini. Uh, drinking the wine makes me feel quite sophisticated, a bit like uh, James Bond ordering a martini. Okay, a mar- the martini is James Bond's most famous drink, and he drinks it shaken, not stirred. Um, and now Rob sort of does a, a Sean Connery accent. Now, to do a Sean Connery, it's one of the easiest accents to do, to be honest. And I think I may have told you about this before, but if you want to do a Sean Connery accent, you've got to do two things. The first one is that you've got to change every s sound. Every s sound has to become sh instead. So it's not it's sh. That's, that's the main thing, that you change the s to a sh. Now you might think that that will just make you sound Dutch, and maybe it will, because you know the Dutch, they kind of speak, you know, a little bit like this. Um, so they kind of do it, but to avoid sounding Dutch, just lower the tone of your voice as low as it can go. And then uh, you, you, you imagine that you're extremely uh, suave and uh, sophisticated. And everything that you say uh, makes you sound like uh, Sean Connery uh, performing uh, 007, James Bond, License to Kill. You know? So that's how you do it. And, you, and then you just say things that sort of Sean Connery would say. Like um, martini shaken, not stirred, you know, um, and that's exactly what Rob Bryden and Steve Coogan start doing. They they start ordering a martini shaken, not stirred, and after that they go into Roger Moore. But see if you can notice when it's Sean when it's Double uh, O Seven Sean Connery and uh, Roger Moore, who speaks rather more like this. Um, okay, so you can listen to it. I'd like. Uh... <sighs> Like a martini shaken, not stirred. I want it now. Don't make me wait. I'll have a vodka martini shaken, but not stirred. I'll have a vodka martini shaken, not stirred. 
I'll have him on I'll have a vodka. You look very worried. Oh, so do you. No. You should take a look at your face. I'll have a vodka martini shake not stand. You look like you're recovering from a stroke and learning how to get mobility again. I'd, uh, I'd like a vodka martini shake not stand. Okay, they're sort of making fun of each other while they do it because they're both trying to do... They're, they're both trying to beat each other. It's like an impressions competition. And so they're sort of making jokes. Let's, let's see if we can hear some of those jokes again. I'll have a vodka martini shake not stand. You look like you're recovering from a stroke. You look like you're recovering from a stroke. Um, so he's commenting on the way Steve, Steve's face looks when he's doing the impression. Um, and, it, well, it's not very nice, but if you have a stroke, then it means you have, there's something sort of goes wrong in your brain, like I think one of the blood vessels bursts in your brain, and you sort of, uh, you lose maybe control of, of parts of your body. So it can make sort of, if you're recovering from a stroke, it can make it look like part of your face is a bit sort of a bit too relaxed or something. Um, so that's what Rob said. You look like you're recovering from a stroke. It's just making fun of the way Steve's face looks when he does the Sean Connery impression. I want it now. Don't make me wait. I'll have a vodka martini shaken not stirred. I'll have a vodka martini shaken not stirred. I'll have a vodka. I'll have a vodka. You look very worried. Uh, so do you. No. You should take a look at your face. I'll have a vodka martini shake not stand. You look like you're recovering from a stroke and learning how to get mobility again. I'd, uh, I'd like a vodka martini shaken not stand. I can feel my legs. It's a miracle. I'd like a vodka martini shaken but not stand. I'd like a vodka martini shaken not stand. Right, so that there is uh, where they start doing Roger Moore impressions, and you can you can hear the difference, can't you, between Sean Connery and Roger Moore? Short, you know, Double O Seven, Sean Connery's. It's it's all sort of down, very down low, very low, with a that sort of uh, croak. You know, you uh, you put a croak in your voice and you, you speak very very low, like this. You know, that's uh, sort of Sean Connery. And then when you start doing Roger Moore, it's very much more of a lilting sound. It's it, it goes up and down but you've got to imagine that you, you have to keep your eyebrow raised you know raise one of your eyebrows so you're kind of being ironic and then that news starts to speak like roger moore um like that i'd have a vodka martini shaken not stirred um and that's uh, that's how roger moore sounds let's hear that again from these gentlemen i'd like a vodka martini shaken but not stirred I like a vodka martini. Shaken, not stirred. Come, come, Mr. Bond. You derive just as much pleasure from killing as I do. Okay, now they start doing the voices of bad guys, and it's, uh, what is it? Come, come, Mr. Bond, you, de you derive as much pleasure from killing as I do. Which means, now come on, James Bond, you enjoy killing people as much as I do. So, you know, it's, it's a criticism. Like, this bad guy obviously enjoys killing people, and he's saying to James Bond, now, now. You know, I might be the bad guy, but you enjoy killing people too. You enjoy, you get as much pleasure from killing as I do. Or you derive as much pleasure from killing as I do. Come, come, Mr. Bond, you derive as much pleasure from killing as I do. Um, so it's the sort of, you know, archetypal thing that a James Bond bad guy might say. And these guys really do it well. Rob is a bit more sort of ridiculous. He's like, now come, come, Mr. Bond, you derive as much pleasure from killing as I do. Slightly more ridiculous. And Steve Coogan is trying to be very serious with it, trying to make it more realistic. Come, come, Mr. Bond. 
You derive just as much pleasure from killing as I do. I'm coming to Do you get just as much pleasure from killing as I do? I'm saying that bit. All right, no, I want to say it. Just don't. I can't get you. I'm trying to do it real. Come on, Mr. Bond. Shut up. Don't tell me how to act. I, well, I bloody should do. Why? Because sometimes you tend to sort of, you know, crank it up a bit. You yeah. Know? So Whereas you are widely regarded as the king of understatement. All right, I would do like this. Come, come, Mr. Bond. Do you get just as much of... Come, come, Try and get the lines right. All right. As, as a rule, it's okay. more effective if you, okay. if you don't okay. fluff. Okay, line. but I'll deliver it with a nice bit of understatement. Okay, so Steve Coogan here is, is trying to deliver it with a, with a nice bit of understatement. So instead of making it really big and obvious, like, oh, come, 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 Mr. Bond, you derive as much pleasure from killing as I do. You know, it's more, he's trying to do it more understated, so... Come, come, Mr. Bond, you derive as much pleasure from killing as I do. You know, a bit more serious, a bit more real. So that's what they're talking about there. Come, come, Mr. Bond. get the lines right. All right. right. As, as a rule, it's okay. more effective if you, okay. if you don't okay. fluff. Okay, line. but I'll deliver it with a nice bit of understatement. Come, come, Mr. Bond, you get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. That was the All right, okay, all right, this is, this is it. This is it. Come, come, Mr. Bond, you get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. Come, come, Mr. Bond, you get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. Fucking yeah. No. So, Rob is very pleased with himself there because he's, he did it better than Steve did. He Steve did, so he goes, fucking yeah, because he's pleased with himself, he's celebrating, right? And he does do it better. He's very good there. Let's have a little listen to that again, maybe. Yes, I do. Come, come, Mr. Bond, you get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. Fucking yeah. No, you went up at the end, like you, yes. like you watch Australian you see what stuff. I did on my face? Come, come, Mr. Bond, you get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. So Steve is saying that uh, Rob went up at the end. Uh, come, come, Mr. Bond, you derive as much pleasure from killing as I do. You know, if you go up at the end, either it sounds like you're asking a question or it sounds like you've been watching too many Australian soap operas. Now, I say that because in the UK, we have lots of Australian soap operas, for example, Neighbours and Home and Away. And the thing about those is that for some reason, uh, some people in Australia will intonate upwards at the end of their sentences. So, um, you know, so if you're from Australia, you might, you know, everything seems to go up at the end. So whatever, whatever you're saying, it all seems to just sort of somehow end up going up at the end of each sentence. So everything goes up at the end. Uh, and so you find that some English people, like sort of young people who watch these Australian shows, start speaking like that. So everything seems to sort of go up at the end. Um, like that. So Steve is saying that that's how Rob uh, did his, that it seemed to sort of go up at the end, like that. No, you went up at the end, like, yes. you, like you watch Australian you see what stuff. I did on my face? Come, come, Mr. Bond, you get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. Come, come, Mr. Bond. You derive just as much pleasure from killing as I do. So now they're doing the line, but they're sort of drinking their wine just as they say the end of the line. So you kind of can't really hear the last few words because they're, they're drinking their wine. It's quite funny, I suppose. Well, I kill, I kill for queen and country, though I admit, killing you, oh dear, oh dear. Come, come, Mr. Bond, you derive just as much... Sorry, you derive just as much pleasure from killing as I do. 
So there you go. There's your bit of James Bond knowledge, and I think that that's probably a good of place as any to bring to bring this this uh, podcast to a close. And I'm I'm just sort of speaking in a slightly posh, slightly pompous old man's voice for no apparent reason at all, only because it it, it pleases me to do so. So, ladies and gentlemen of the world, you have been listening to an episode of Luke's English podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Bye, 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 bye. So, like, nice one for listening to my podcast, yeah? I think you'll agree. It was totally wicked. And, uh, you know, respect to you, basically, for, like, downloading it and that. If you want more information, just visit my website, yeah? Teacherloop.podomatic.com. All right, wicked. Excuse me. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.